going on? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Uh, I'm good, man. Just hanging out, working and whatnot. You ever tried this shit before? It's called uh, No, what is that? It's for anxiety. Really? It works really well, man. Yeah, this uh, from Amino Asylum. I just started okay. using this because it's like, did some research on it, of course. And it's got really good research on it. So you basically just, uh, you get this little, uh, this little bottle and just kind of do a little shot in your nose like that. And I take, I take it usually right before bed or if I find like, you know, I'm really like anxious during the day and it fucking works like a charm, man. It's great stuff. Wow. That's really interesting, man. I'll probably try that out. Check it out. It's good shit. Uh, does it just kind of like calm you down or it just calms you down like you almost don't even notice it. you just kind of feel more relaxed and uh i noticed because i wasn't uh getting really great sleep so i was kind of i was dealing with some carpal tunnel and things like that it was waking me up a lot uh, so i started taking this before bed too and i noticed i started getting more dreams again so i think i'm getting better sleep again so it's yeah it's i'd recommend it man it's good shit yeah, man, I'm, I'll definitely try that out. Anything to help with anxiety. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I, like, I know you struggle with it. Like, I think a lot of us struggle with it. You know, it's like nowadays, especially like with the pressure of social media and shit like that, just like whatever we can do to kind of reduce stress and anxiety. It's like, let's fucking do it, right? Yeah, I don't think as humans, we are ready for what is happening to, to yeah. our world. I think it's just like, I think that everyone's stressed out. Everyone dealing with anxiety. Like how many people... Are on medication now like it's it's just insane it's like almost every person i talk to i feel like is on some type of antidepressant or ssri or or yeah. something like that you know what i mean so but yeah so yeah. i need help for sure i don't know like you know taking like prescription medications always kind of scared me a little bit i was prescribed uh you know because my, my anxiety got to the point where it was really bad i want to say eight or nine years ago maybe like just when i started bodybuilding actually and uh, yeah, it was because I went to the doctor, got prescribed like, you know, a sleeping medication and an SSRI. And I was like, I, I didn't even try the sleeping medication because I was so scared to get dependent on sleeping medication. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but I, I tried the SSRIs for like a week. And then, uh, but I found like they just, it honestly just killed my stomach and like it hurt my appetite. And, and I'm always like, I'm kind of one of those people, like I won't even take like an Advil. Like, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I understand like with bodybuilding, like all the stuff I'm already putting in my body, you know, and I don't want to ever like stress my body, you know, by making a process, more medications, no matter what they are, than the stuff I'm taking. And, and, you know, even from a standpoint of like, okay, some of the stuff we take for bodybuilding can increase anxiety. Right. But like, to me, I'd rather just own that and be like, okay, I'm taking something like, here's a side effect. Like, I'm not going to take another drug to counteract the side effect from a drug that I'm taking. Like, yeah. I'm just, I'll just deal with it. I'll just, you know, find ways to cope with it. Like, you know, that are just more natural, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. Like, that's why, like, like I said, I was always kind of scared to take medication, you know, even like, you know, when I did go and talk to a doctor about like anxiety or depression and stuff like that, you know, they just tell you like, Hey, you know, what about trying like X, Y, Z, I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to do that, man. Just cause like, I don't feel like it's going to fix the root of the problem. And it's, it's just in my own mind. I feel like, just like you were saying, we we're already putting other things into our bodies. We don't know how it's going to react long-term. And just like you, I don't want to be dependent on something. I'd rather deal with it myself. Even, even though like at times like it gets kind of like 
too much, then you know maybe you can use it like a like a, as a as a needs basis. But even then, it's just like I don't know, man. Like I've always been scared of like prescription drugs like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, me too. And I think people forget too, like you know, when you go to the doctor with a problem, like they are, they have a medical like degree, right? Yeah. So that's medicine. So they're going to probably like their, their solution almost always is just to give you some kind of medication to deal with whatever problem you're dealing with. When like, you know, there could be other things that are causing you to feel that way. Like, of course, I, like, I know people just have anxiety. Like, I'm not saying that, but you know, maybe you need to, maybe you need to go see like a therapist. Maybe you need to like go find the root of the problem instead of just being like, Oh, my life is stressful. I have anxiety. Like, let's go take a pill. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm a big kind of advocate for that. Uh, but again, like I said, like, I understand some people like definitely use medication and it helps them, you know, live a happier life. Like I'm all, I'm all for that. Right. But yeah. I just think like, to me, you know, I would, I would try every other approach before I got to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to medicate myself to deal with this because like, mm. I don't want it to get any worse or my mental state to get worse. Right. Yeah. So when, when you took the SSRI, how did you like, what kind of led you to that point? Like, were you really, really depressed or cause SSRIs are generally for like depression, right? Yeah, I think um, I think I was just at a point in my life where I like tried school, dropped out. Like I just didn't know where I fit in, yeah. in life, right? And I was, you know, getting like my early twenties, and like I was, I think I was probably just starting to get worried that I was gonna like like be nothing, basically, mm -hmm. right? Um, so yeah, I, I think as far as I can remember, that's that's why I did it. And then, but like like I said, that was at the beginning of bodybuilding, right? And then you know, I, I decided I like, was just going like, to give up school altogether and go be a personal trainer. And like when I, and it's kind of funny, right? Like once I found what I loved and I wasn't forcing myself to do these things that I didn't love to do, like go to school for business and go to school to be a, you know, remotely operated vehicle pilot, like I was doing, um, and just went into the gym and spent my time there and helping other people, uh, with fitness. Like I was just happy with what I was doing. Yeah. You know, like I felt like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Like I can, I can grow this. Like there's a, there's a, you know, a path for me now. And then I never even thought about it since. Yeah. That's cool. So, so you took it only for a week. Did you, like, how did you feel when you were taking that? It might've been longer. It might've even been two or three weeks. Cause I remember like, I remember like they messed up my stomach early on and taking them. But like I understood. Cause like the doctor told me like, it takes a certain amount of time for them to really like work. Um, but then I, I honestly, like, I, I remember too, just feeling like pretty numb, like to yeah. everything. Like, it's like, I wasn't sad anymore, but like, I wasn't that happy either. Yeah. I just didn't really care. And like, at that point in my life, it wasn't good for me to care any less than I already did. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, was, I was already making like questionable decisions and being like kind of reckless at that point in my life. Um, so yeah, yeah like th those are things that I remember about it. And then I remember just being like, man, this is not like for me, like, let's just lift weights and try to deal with this shit. Like, you know? yeah, well, that's good, man. It's, it's good that you kind of figured out like, you know, what your, your passion was and like, you know, you kind of found like your life path, you know, and it's not to say that it doesn't, like, these medications don't help like millions of people. Cause I know they do. Yeah. Like, you know, like my mother, for example, she takes some, some medications like for anxiety and depression, but she just takes it like when she needs it. But she kind of, she, you know, whenever I'm like, I'm like, Hey mom, like, you know, I'm not feeling like hundred percent. She was like, oh, maybe you should try medication. I'm like, ah, you know, it's like, I don't really want to go down that conversation because I feel like there's, there's always another way around it. Um, unless of course it's like something that's like, you know, diagnosed and it's like really, really super intense. Then I just think you it's got, too you normalized. Do do. 
yeah. it's too normalized these days. It's too yeah. it's, people are way too quick to just be like, oh, you have a problem? I'll just go take this pill. It should be the last resort, right? It's like, yeah, exactly. okay, we, we've tried this, we've tried that. You know, you you know, you've you've talked to somebody who you know outside of the medical profession, like a therapist. Like you exhaust every other option. It's like, okay, we're we're still kind of not feeling hundred percent, or even just like it's still like really really bad, even though I've tried everything else. Then then try it, you know, and, and ultimately you got to decide if it's gonna be the thing for you. You know, everybody has to make that decision on their own, of course. So, yeah. Um, anyways. I don't want to talk too much about that. What's been going on with you? Uh, not a lot, man. Right now, just like trying to get everything in order before I go away for a week and <clears throat> take take a week off of work. So, yeah, you know, yeah, just been getting the book straight, making sure all my clients are in a good position. Like I, I think like it's it's tough. Like I, it's hard for me to leave my clients for like like a week. Yeah, like, yeah. Not like be able to. That gives it. you anxiety. <laughs> I bet. Oh, it, it definitely does. Me right. Too, yeah. So, yeah, because I just like, you know, I feel like I have a responsibility, like, you yeah. know, to people, but, you know, obviously I've communicated with all of them and, and they know the deal. Like, I'm trying to like get everyone straightened away. So that's just been my main priority, man. Really? Yeah. And like bodybuilding right now, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't know, three or four weeks in my cruise phase now and it's going really well. Like, I've dropped my food significantly. I've dropped my protein significantly. I dropped my sodium, like all these things. And like, I'm holding like 317, like 318 really well. You know, obviously, like I lost some fullness and some roundness and, and all that stuff, right? So, yeah. but I mean, strength is still pretty good in the gym. So, like, nice. no injuries, man. I can't complain about anything. Yeah, sweet. You excited yeah. to go on vacation? Yeah, we're really excited, man, because like we have so much coming up, like for the summer, and like I, I'm, you know, I'm planning on really pushing myself, like business wise, and and then get my everything ready so that once August hits, I can like really focus on bodybuilding. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, I just going to really try to like mentally like deload here on this trip. And then when we come back, like I'm going to be putting my head down and yeah. trying to go as hard as I can with like content, you know, and, and business stuff. Nice. Yeah. I know we talked a little bit about that before. Like when you go on vacation, just trying to like actually kind of like get yourself in a, in a good mindset where when you come back, you're just excited to get back into it and like, you know, smash those goals. I think that's important, man. You know, I do think that's important. It's part of the process. Like yeah. a lot of people will think of it from the outside looking in, like that you're taking a break from the process, you know, that you're just like taking a week off, like gonna not do anything. But it's like you can't go, you can't be going hundred miles per hour all the time. Yeah. Right. Or you're gonna crash. Right. So I would rather just pull off to the side of the road for a bit, like, you know, get my bearings, like, you know, recharge my brain and then get back to going hundred miles per hour kind of thing yeah. like, that's how i look at it you know so that's true it's like, it's like before it's like take a break or be forced to take a break yeah exactly yeah so yeah. nice man well you know what we have a ton of questions so i figure we should start getting into these um uh, you know what well, we got some good questions this week so you know thank you to everybody who uh sent in their questions and also thank you to everybody who subscribed recently um you know we just hit 200 subscribers so that's really cool um yeah, moving on up yeah, fuck yeah. So let's fucking get it. Um, all right, so let's get into these questions then. Uh, first question, what are some of the best specific things that you have learned from the coaches that you have both been with? How many coaches have you worked with total? I know Ron, Dorian, 
Uh, Ron Duran, um, Dave Palumbo. Okay, Jumbo Palumbo, eh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for a short period of time. <laughs> um, uh, Darren Maling, you know him? No, I never heard of him. Oh, wait, sorry, Freak, Freak Maker. Freak. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we know people better for, by their Instagram handles than we do their actual names. <laughs> yeah, Freak Maker, yeah. Um, I got a local guy named John Perry, so he owns the gym that I train at now. Yeah. And um, my first coach ever was a guy named Jason Tremblay. I think he's more involved in the powerlifting space now. Yeah, but he, yeah. he helped me with my first show. Yeah, and then I and then I moved on. So yeah, I work with a few. So you know, my first coach. Um, it's funny. Like I, I won't say I learned the most, but I did a macro like thing with him. Right, like he was like he was like the strength guy. So it was like him, Matt Jansen, Jeff Nippert was involved. This is back in like 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like huge on macros, right? So the good thing about doing macros for my whole prep is that it really, it taught me like a lot of what I know about food today. Like, you know, like how much protein's in this and how much carbs is in that. And like, I just like identified like food sources really well. And like now, like I can like look at a piece of chicken and tell you how much protein is in it just from like that prep, right? So from that, I I learned a lot about food from that prep. And then, um, you know, I I definitely took like, you know, bits and pieces from everybody. Like it's, you know, looking back, it's, it's hard to, really uh like think of specific so like i can go back to like dorian for sure because that he really changed the game for me right because he talked to me a lot about like rest and recovery and like not overtraining and and training with intensity focusing on progressive overload and workouts but the biggest thing was probably like eating foods that digest well prioritizing digestion he was the first coach that you know kind of made me get my blood work done and stuff like that so we we had a lot of conversations about blood work i kind of learned how important like that was and, and like you know blood sugar just like, like a lot of things for him like a lot of like the the x's and o's i, I got from dorian because mm-hmm. he was just like he's so detailed when he coaches yeah, like everything everything is like to the t you know what i mean you said it was almost too too like too much detail too too complicated almost when you were working with dorian uh yeah because like it gets to a point with some things and like i'm you know i i'm not like saying this like trashing anything that this guy does because he's amazing no, of course. everybody just has a different approach yeah but, but it's just yeah it's like certain things i'm like eh, is that really going to make a difference like mm-hmm. you know like taking this supplement at this time instead of this time just for like just for an example yeah like, you know what i mean so um and, and you know with ron by working like with him i learned a lot about my body because i only work with him throughout prep yeah so yeah i i just learned how to prep properly with ron like keep shit simple you know yeah. what i mean like do the work get shredded and you know be ready early right so yeah. yeah you know in a nutshell i would say that's what i've learned from my coaches nice what about you uh i'm literally just trying to go through in my head all the coaches that i work with so uh i've got a little list here uh i think i'm up to like 10 10 coaches something like that so hold on let me go through this for these guys one two three four five okay and Coach then Hopper over here after that yeah exactly i don't know uh let me see okay give me a sec i'm gonna think through these okay so my first coach that i ever worked with at my first show vincent vincent walters i actually just met him at good life and uh he was a competitor here like in the cpa back when he was the opa um he was kind of like you know almost national level but he was just a big guy so i you know I, i talked to him one day and i did the whole good life thing with him you know i was like okay 156 sessions you know, paid the guy eight grand or whatever it was. My dad helped me with that when I was 17. And he gave me such a good experience because he he basically showed me like, 
you know, what you have to do to get ready for the show. Like he kind of, he was the guy that kind of showed me like basically everything, like laid it all out for me. Um, and, you know, I really appreciated his guidance and advice because he even went out of his way and he invited me over every week to his condo gym and we would go down there and we would pose every, every week for an hour and he didn't charge me for that. So he like really took me under his wing. And I remember one of the things that stuck with me that he said was because he used to smoke or he, he smokes like cigarettes. Right. And so I'd be like, I'd jump in his car and he'd, he'd light up a cigarette and we'd drive over his condo and he would be like, do as I say, not as I do, as he's like smoking a cigarette. Right. And, you know, when we would get on stage, you know, at the time, like I was, I was in great condition. I like, I could pose no problem. I was only maybe 175 pounds. So like posing and all that was not a problem, but I would pose an hour every day leading, leading into the show. And, and he told me to do that. He's like, make sure you're posing one hour every day. I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. But he's like, I don't do that. <laughs> so when he would, when we would get on stage, he'd be like gassed out, out of breath um and like all that kind of stuff so that's kind of what stuck with me or just like here's what you got to do even though i don't do that like don't follow what i do necessarily to a t um even like, right? yeah i mean even little things like you know on the diet like we'd be prepping and we'd be like you know two three weeks out and i'd be eating my meals without really anything on them maybe like some some frank's red hot sauce and mustard but he'd be putting like ketchup on his on his meals like on his chicken and stuff like that and he's like He's like, don't, don't do this. You know, I was <laughs> like, okay, man, you know, <laughs> so he told, he told me what to do, but yeah, <laughs> but he didn't do it. And then, so after that, uh, I actually won three shows in a row with him. So I was like super hyped up. Um, that's basically what really got me like, you know, fired up in my beginning of my career. Then I started working with Craig Bonnet, who was, uh, back in the day, he had like contest prep.ca or something like that. He was like a pretty well-known local coach here. Um, what and that was kind of, what's that? <laughs> what a domain name. I know, right? He, he nailed it, right? I bet you he killed it, man. Yeah, so it was, it was Craig Bonnet and his wife, Julie Bonnet, and they ran that, and, you know, she would deal with the women, he would deal with the men. And that was the first coach where I had, like, a laid-up plan. And so I did, I did an off-season in a contest prep with him and did pretty well. And then after that, I wanted to, like, really take my – at, at the time, I was, I was natural. So up until that time, I was natural. And then I really wanted to hire someone who could kind of help me with gear and stuff like that. So I actually hired uh, Fakri Mubarak. Yeah. And and he was in the U.S. So we, we again, we did like an online thing. And he sent me like the plan and all that. Um, Those guys, they never sent me workout plans. They only ever sent me like the diet. And then when I was with Fakri, he gave me a protocol as well. And then I ended up so this was in 2012, I worked with Fakri. And then in 2013, I ended up going to the UK and I, I trained with Nathan Harmon, who he trains uh, a couple guys. I don't know if you know, like um, Ricardo Correa. He's like a, like a pretty good 212 guy. Um, so I, I worked with him. I went and trained with him for 12 weeks. And uh, he didn't really give me plans, but I trained with him every day. So we kind of just did like updates like that. And we'd pose in person, all that kind of stuff. Um, he was the first guy that ever taught me like, or I guess he like broke my trust in coaches because what happened was we were like literally like two weeks out or one week out. And I remember just like being so tired. I was on the, the train going to the gym and he texted me. He's like, Hey man, I'm not going to be there today. And I was like, Oh fuck. You know? So when I got there, I had like the shittiest workout ever because I was expecting him to be there and like push me through it and all that kind of stuff. Still trained like what I could, but I was just so fucking tired. I remember just being like this fucking, I feel like shit. And then the next day he's like, I'm not going to make it again. I'm like, oh, what's going on here, man? You know? And then 
three days go by. I don't really hear anything. And then we're supposed to fly out together to the show. Uh, I was doing the Canadian Nationals in Edmonton in 2013. And he's like, sorry, man, like there's something going on with my mom. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna be able to make it. So it just ruined my whole experience. Cause I was just like, we did everything together up until that point. And then when I needed him to be there, like on the show day and all that kind of stuff, it just totally fucked up my mind. So I ended up like cheating on my diet the night before the show. Um, and then <laughs> kind of a funny story. Uh, I ended up meeting this guy, uh, Billy Pope. I don't know if you don't know him, but he's uh, just some tatted up guy. And I was like really stressed out. And he's like, he's like, Hey man, it's like, I got, I got a joint for you. <laughs> Gives oh, me a joint. Shit. I smoked that joint. And then like, I, I called, uh, I called one of my friends and I was just like, I was like, listen, like, I'm not even going to get on the stage tomorrow. Like I, I know I'm going to be watery because I ate this cheat meal. And even though he ended up getting a hold of me, uh, Nathan, he, but he sent me like this, like cookie cutter program. It was literally like, I want you to eat like, you know, a bowl of oatmeal and then have like a diet Coke. Like that's like literally like what it was. It was just like, repeat that three times a day. Like on top of like the extra, like on top of my regular meals. This is like the weirdest protocol I've ever done. Uh, <laughs> so I do that and literally wake up the next day, bloated, watery. I was like, wow, I really don't want to get on stage. But my friend convinced me get on stage so i did uh it was it was the worst that i placed it got fourth place um and then i was like okay like you know i think i'm done with coaches whatever i'm just gonna do it on my own so i did i did do some time just on my own and that's when i met benoit lapierre and i met him at the 2014 nationals and i just showed up looking like fucking freaks i was like fuck that i want to win this shit and i met him there and he was like he's like whoa like you got potential and we have kind of been friends, like he's been a mentor. We've worked together ever since then. Um, but then after that, so then fast forward to 2015, I took a year off. 2016, I worked with, who did I work with 2016? 2016, I worked with Benoit. We did everything together. Um, I got 11th place in the super heavyweights because I was too small. Then 2017, I hired uh, Amin Ali also oh, yeah. known as the mad scientist now just being completely transparent it was really expensive and i did not agree with most of the things he was getting me to do so a lot of the times it, like just for an example like using like aldactone i was like no man like i'm definitely not going to use that so i think you know I, I ended up winning that show in 2017 but we did a lot of unnecessary things and i think if i followed everything that he said i wouldn't have won so it was kind of like he was telling me to do things like, oh, weird stuff. Like in the morning, he'd be like, I want you to drink like, you know, two scoops of protein and like a cup of blueberries and like some almond milk. I'm like, I just cut that out. I'm like, I don't need that shit, you know? So it was kind of like, even though he was coaching me, I was kind of just ignoring the things I didn't want to do. Yeah. So not ideal, you know, obviously don't do that if you have a coach, listen to them. But, you know, in my mind, I knew better at the time, whatever, just what I thought. Anyways, I worked with him for a short period of time. 2018, I went back to Benoit, got my pro card with Benoit. And then after that, um, I worked with Justin Compton in 2019. Um, I, like, I like Justin. He's one of my favorite bodybuilders pretty much of all time, like physique-wise, just a fucking freak. Um, but it didn't work out. It didn't work, really work out well for us. It was kind of another thing where... He promised to be there. He wasn't there. Uh, made up some excuses, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Nothing against him. Like, you know, 
I think we're, you know, we're good. I, I wish him all the best. Honestly, I think he's such a great person and, and bodybuilder, but just, it didn't work out with our relationship. And again, there was a lot of things I didn't agree with, like, you know, using like lots of ephedrine and things like that. So anyways, it was another one of those things just, and backstage told you about the, the pie filling and that yeah. kind of stuff. So it was just like, I'm just like, what's with these coaches telling me to do these things that I don't want to do. So I was just like, that's why I kept switching coaches. I was just like, I got to find the right one that we just like sync and just like connect and have the same kind of like vision. And like, we understand. And it's that that's really what it comes down to when you get a coach, right? It's like, you just need someone that is like willing to be on your level, I guess, in terms of like what you think is right and what they think is right, ultimately. So, okay, so Justin Compton and then 2020 didn't compete. Then uh, I ended up working with Patrick Tour for a short period of time in 2020. Uh, uh, summer 2020 till about 2021, I worked with Patrick Tour. We did an off season. Um, it, it was good. You know, the only real problem was because COVID was happening. I didn't have like a full gym. So I was kind of just training at like uh, some kind of like underground gym with like barbells and dumbbells for the most part. So the one thing that I did learn from Patrick though was his, uh, his style of training, which I really liked. It, it was a different style of training than the progressive overload. And it was different than like regular volume training or like basically anything else. I don't know if you're familiar with the SST training, but uh, essentially it's like, it's like something like this. So you, you, pick, you pick a weight, for example, uh, like let's say you're doing a leg press. So you're gonna do, you know, let's say you got 10 plates on there that you can do for like 15 reps. So you're going to do your 15 reps. Then you're going to rest for 45 seconds. Then you're going to do another like 12 reps. Then you're going to rest for 30 seconds, do another 10, 12 reps, rest for 20 seconds, do another 10, 12. Then you rest for 15. Then you're probably only getting eight. And you, you kind of just keep doing that until you get four reps. And then once you can't get four reps, you just stop. So it's totally just like a different style of training. Um, and then after that, basically just went back to Benoit we did uh Puerto Rico together and then that's it so that's, that's everybody I worked with now the actual question was like what I learned from everybody oh sorry I I shouldn't have uh skipped Dorian I worked with Dorian for a short period of time as well um and, and like just like you said Dorian's great um but you know for me right now it's like I'm just looking for a coach who can like have the time to give me the attention that I want. That's basically all I need at this point. So um, what I learned from, from Vincent, like I said, uh, Craig was basically just like how to, you know, follow a meal plan. Uh, didn't really learn much from Fakri except that, you know, GH works well. Um, Nathan Harmon, I kind of, what did I learn from him? Um, he kind of got me into doing like high intensity cardio a little bit but not in the traditional sense. We would kind of just do like, it was, all, it was like moderate intensity, high intensity. It's like, so he would get me to do like an hour walking on the treadmill, but it would be like, like five minutes walking, like slow and then five minutes walking fast. So that was kind of the first time I did like high intensity uh, interval training. Benoit probably taught me like most of everything I know because he, he was kind of the first coach that went, that went outside of, training and diet and kind of focus more on like meditation and spirituality and like just basically everything that you would consider outside of the box of bodybuilding. That's what I learned from Benoit. Um, Dorian, similar to you, like, you know, he taught me like the importance of uh, like blood work and things like that. Um, Amin, he, the one thing that Amin uh, 
got me to do that I really liked was he got me to do like sprints on the stairs, but like literally on uh like on like a staircase. Like I would I would sprint up my 24s in my apartment complex every morning for cardio. And I would like it was it was 24, so it would take me about 15 minutes to go all the way up and then come back down. So I would do that like three or four times for cardio and I was fucking peeled. So he called it the gauntlet. Oh yeah. It sounds yeah. terrible. It was fucking brutal. Yeah. Double step. Um, fuck man. I, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's a drawn out answer, but I feel like, I don't know if you learn that much from your coaches because ultimately like they're just teaching you about your body and you're just learning as you go. You know, I think, I think having a coach, like, I don't know, like I try to teach my clients as much as I possibly can from what I know. But I think because I've had so many coaches, that's what's made me be the coach I am now. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be like this guy. I don't want to be like this guy. I don't want to be like this guy where it's like, this is my way. you got to do it like this. Me, it's just like, let's have a communicative process here. Let's learn what works for you. Let's try to figure out the best, you know, most optimal program for you. And like constantly just changing it and going and like going with the flow kind of a thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the exact same way. Yeah. Because that's what I've learned too. It's like, because I've worked with coaches that are like, I work with coaches that are like, you know, it's my way or the highway basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not with anybody. Like I, I tell my clients up front, I'm like, listen, like I'm just here to help you find what works for you. Like I have, I have a pretty good idea of what works generally, but like the details are different for everybody. Mm -hmm. So like, let's just figure it out, but it only works if they kind of do what I say, update me, we, we see how it went and, and adjust. Like basically like, you, you know what I mean? So, but I mean, how much would you pay a monthly for a coach that was exactly how you wanted them to be? thousand dollars easily yeah. or more you know because it's worth that right yeah exactly like to have someone that gives you the attention that you need like like you know care like is invested that's that's the big thing too because you know a lot of coaches are invested in the beginning but then yeah. like once they kind of know that they have your business like things can start to ease off a bit like that that's something i found like you know yeah. just in my experience it's like the dynamic kind of changes and that's not and, a good feeling yeah it doesn't feel good because you're just like oh man like you know, like you were so excited to work with me at the beginning and now I'm not even getting a response from you and a week has gone by and I have to reach out again. Then you're like, oh man, sorry, I was busy. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. Like when you're, but that, that's what too, it's like, this is one thing that I don't love. Right. And like, you know, I'm not even sure if like you do this and but like people, like coaches are like, like if I was like, you know, team Morgan, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like everyone's like on my team and that kind of makes it seem like, like you're the boss of your clients. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And like you have authority over them when in reality, like the clients have hired you. Yeah. Like I'm working for my clients. Like I'm, I'm here when they need me. You know what I mean? I'm here to like work within the boundaries that they essentially set. Right. Cause I'm like, you know, on my questionnaire, it's like how many days a week can you train? How many meals do you like? And I'll make suggestions to people. Right. I'm like, listen, like two meals a day is not going to cut it. We should probably try for three or four. Right. Mm -hmm. But if they're like, I'm only eating two meals a day, I'm like, okay, well, let's find the best way to do that. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it, man. Cause it's like, 
you know, I have clients who be like, and then, you know, they'll, they'll be like, yes, boss. And I'm like, I'm not your boss though. You know, I'm, I'm your coach. And so it's not like I want you just to shut up and do the work and never tell me how you feel about like, you'd expect like you're working a nine to five and you know, just your boss comes in and throws a fucking stack of paper on your desk. And you're like, you're not leaving till you get that done. It's like, I don't want that kind of relationship with my clients. I want them to be able to tell me how they feel about certain things that they're doing so that I can learn what works best for them. And so I teach them that. And that's why for me, when I frame like team strand strong or what is now, you know, strand strong division, I want it to be a team because I want everybody to have like kind of like a community. So all the people that work with me, even though I'm the one writing the programs and things like that, you know, I want, you know, you know, friggin' you know, Bob to, to tell Alyssa when she posts a picture, like you're doing great, keep it up. Just things like that, because then it feels more like a team environment, like we're doing this all together versus like, I'm telling you what to do. And you listen only to me. It's like, no, we're, we're all trying to get better here. Yeah, exactly. Like you're a mentor. Like that, that's kind of how I look at it. Like, you know, people like I'm a coach. Yes. But like, you know, people pay a membership to have access to me. That's the way I look at it. Like, and, and I'll help you like after you like sign up with me, like I'll help you in whatever way you want. Like, listen, if you just want to call and have a chat for an hour every week about your goals and, and what you're doing and if it's the right thing, then that's fine. But if, but if you want a detailed plan, every little thing like detailed, like down to the gram of what you should eat and what time you should eat it, I can also do that. You know what I mean? Like I'm just here for my clients in whatever capacity they need me. Yeah. And and I think that's kind of how it should be. And I wish I wish some coaches I had were like that because there was some people I was like, I work with that like I was, you know, really excited to work with. And they were just like, I was like, oh, so you really just do this for the money, eh? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, you really don't give a shit, eh? <laughs> like, pretty easy to see that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, like, you know, what, what are the best specific things I learned from all the coaches? I think we went over that pretty well, but I think just to sum it up, mostly what I learned with, like, 90% of the coaches that I work with is really just, you know, it's like I learned, like, what not to do almost. 100%. Which is still valuable, you know? 100%. Yeah. Very valuable, yeah. yeah um all right so this is a, a similar question but we can just go over kind of quick what was your biggest lesson from last off season uh and last contest prep okay well for contest prep i would say a um, couple things um one um gh works yeah <laughs> real gh works um and to be ready early for bodybuilding shows like don't don't waste your time. Like if you're still, you know, crushing cardio and eating nothing a week out, like you're probably fucked. Like, yeah. you know, so I, I know for me, I'll always try to be ready through, like really ready, like ready to step on stage, like three or four weeks out for like mm -hmm. moving forward. Like that would be my goal. Yeah. Um, as far as my last off season goes, so I just finished an off season and I guess what I've learned is that I know what I'm doing now mm -hmm. and I understand what I need to do for my body to improve. I understand the capacity of the food I need to eat. I understand, especially now for this off season, like for example, like with drugs, like I use MPP this entire 20 weeks. I don't think I'll ever use it again. Like mm -hmm. it had good physical effects for me, but it affected me mentally, like negatively for sure. Yeah. You know, so, so that's one thing for sure. So, um, but yeah, I'd say from off season, yeah. Like I think moving forward, I feel like I know what I got to do and it's just about like execution you know, for me to continue to progress. Nice. Yeah. What about you? Um, for contest prep, I would say the biggest thing that I learned from last contest prep is that 
the environment that you're in when you're doing that contest prep makes a massive, massive difference. Um, I learned that pretty quick when I moved from Ontario to BC and then to Florida. It was just like, I went from like shit to somewhat better. And then I just all of a sudden just started getting crazy good. So that, that really was a good lesson. Um, in terms of off season, the biggest lesson that I had from my last off season was I, I really don't need to overeat in order to get to where I need to be. Um, clean food is, is definitely always better than dirty food when it comes to staying leaner. There's just no way around it. Like in terms of performance, health, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You, you just can't argue that, you know, eating like a dirty bulk is going to help you more than eating the same amount of calories of clean food. Not to say you can't ever eat dirty, but you know, I pushed it to the extreme a couple of times. And so definitely learned my lesson. Um, what's the best way to grow your outer sweep slash quads? It's a good one. You, you can, you can go ahead with this one. I built my quads squatting, man. Mm. You know, just doing the hurt shit. Like I just, that's something I figured out really early on about leg training. And it was mostly just from like being so obsessed with bodybuilding and watching like, like training videos on YouTube and stuff like that. And just like understanding in the culture of bodybuilding, leg day should be excruciating. Yeah. Right. And it should be brutal. And there's a series of exercises that must be done if you want big legs. Like how many times have I heard Dave Palumbo say, like, if you want big legs, you got to squat. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, these guys have been around for 30, 40 years. They know lots of bodybuilders. They know how lots of guys train. And that was one thing I, I went into the gym with that mindset of like every leg daily. If this is not brutal, I did not do my job. Yeah. It's like warm up, leg extensions, hamstring curls, get under the bar. You know, my, you know, I feel like, you know, my legs were probably like shaped the best when I was squatting, you know, doing like three or four sets of squats, barbell squats per workout with like four or five on the bar doing like 12 to 15 reps. Like, yeah. you know, when I got up to like heavyweight high reps like that, I think that made a huge difference. Mm -hmm. So if I had to give one tip to say like how to get better sweeps, like learn how to squat well, like learn how to do a quad dominant squat, not like using your glutes and your back, like a lot right. of people do just to move heavy weight. Like learn how to actually use your quads when you squat. Do it until you can do it heavy with high reps. And I promise you, you're going to have good legs. <laughs> yeah, that's good advice because there's there's no excuse to not be able to squat anymore because you got safety bar squats. You got, you know, ramps that you can you know, change your, you know, dorsiflexion, things like that. There's just so many ways you can set up a squat to fit your body and your biomechanics that anybody can squat, essentially, just whether you're willing to put in that work or not. Yeah. For me, you know, the best thing I would say um, if you're having a hard time building your actual quads, like your outer sweep, um, being able to put yourself in a position where you can use a heavier load with more knee flexion. So that's why like a leg extension is probably not going to get you there because you're not getting full knee flexion. Um, but if you can do like, like a hack squat where you can get really deep, for example, basically if you can get your calves and your hamstrings to touch at the bottom of your squat, that's going to be the best way to grow your, your legs. Yeah, absolutely. So just find a way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then just fucking push it. Yeah. Um, myths. Oh, sorry. Myth or not is having big calves really genetics or are people not training them properly? I would say it's heavily genetics. I would say it's both. Mm. Yeah. I would say it's like 75% genetics, 25% training. I'd say it's probably 50, 50. Personally. No way, dude. There's way yeah. too many guys with terrible calves for it to be 50-50. But I don't think, but but those people just don't train them. 
I mean, yeah, I think people give probably give up too early on training. Yeah. You know, but like, I know like for me, like if you look at my family, like every person on my mom's side has giant calves, right? I have giant calves. And honestly, like to me, whether I train my calves or not, I feel like they always look the same. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that's just, that's just me speaking from my experience. And it seems to me like a lot of guys, like even professional bodybuilders, like Ian Valier, for example, like he always talks about training his calves and how hard he trains them. Yep. And like, I'm pretty sure like a pro bodybuilder taking a shit ton of GH and steroids should be able to train their calves and get them to grow. And if someone like that can't, then to me, it just says that that muscle is pretty genetically dependent on development. It, it is true. But here's the way I see it is like, for example, someone who has really, really good calves genetically in your mind, I bet you, you never need to push yourself when you train calves, like to the extreme. Cause you're like, they're already crazy. Why, why am I going to waste energy here when I got to train my hamstring squads, everything else and, and grow those body parts more. And then on the other hand, someone who has like no calf and they like go in there and they do a little bit of calf training. They're like, Oh, my calves don't grow. It's like, well, you just, you just keep telling yourself I have small calves and my calves don't grow. Like you literally just keep reinforcing that mentality. So I think it goes both ways, but, but looking at guys like Ben Pakalski, Eric Fankoser, who did train their calves hard, and they had crazy genetics, they just fucking blew up, like 24-inch calves out of control. I think, and for me, you know, just from my own experience, I never had good calves, but when I trained them properly, like learning different techniques, I was able to grow my calves a lot, and, and now I'm like, I'm focused on training my calves a lot more because I see when I train my, my foot, my calf, my ankles, my tibialis anterior, my knees get stronger and my, my squats and my upper leg development improves. So that's why it's like, I think, honestly, I just think if you're, if you got small calves and you're not fucking pushing it to the limit to get them bigger, then you're just using your like genetics as an excuse. Yeah. I mean, either way, I think you got to train them, right? Like if I, I know me, like if I didn't have good calves, I would probably train them a lot harder than I do. But yeah. even so, like I will, at, at the very least, I'll do like four sets to failure a week. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'll do eight, depends how many calf exercises I do probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's not something I would give up on. I would explore all options. Like if you want to have big calves bad enough, I feel like that's something that you should do. But like, yeah, I mean, it's, it is what it is, right? Like if you have good calves, great. But if you don't, then yeah what else are you going to do besides put effort into training <laughs> well it's like it's like it's like anything really like oh i have i have like a, a short bicep or like i don't have good arm genetics it's like are you just not going to try then yeah you know what i mean it's just like any other muscle i think no yeah 100 percent. i think yeah i mean i i still feel like calves are like probably harder than like you know your lats to grow like yeah depending on the person yeah i mean it's it's yeah it, you could say it's the same as any other muscle because everyone has some type of genetic weak point yeah genetic and, and there's there's those outliers right like there's some people just have a really really long calf insertion somebody has a really really long tendon and it's like if you're kind of on those extreme ends it's like you're going to be like limited to a certain point if you got massive calves you're probably not going to make them that much bigger but you could if you have really, really small calves, they're probably not going to get that much bigger, but they could still get bigger. Yeah. So no fucking excuses. Um, what are the factors that influence our metabolism? A lot of things. Oh, yeah. Basically everything. 
everything. Yeah, literally pretty much everything that you can think of is going to affect your metabolism, right? Interestingly enough, one of, one of the biggest influences on our biology and physiology is light exposure. So that can affect metabolism, your stress, your muscle mass, your your neat or like your your non-exercise activity. Um, of course, uh, your basal metabolic rate. Um, yeah, your training, your diet, even your mindset, I feel like to a certain extent. Um, pretty much everything, yeah. Your entire life influences your metabolism. Yeah, I agree. But I would say mostly like, you know, diet, like long-term diet habits. Yeah, like training, cardio, sleep, you know, yeah. like micronutrition as well. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, you know, your body fat levels, obviously, like, you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, well, I feel like those are probably the answers people are looking for more like, like physical, right. But, but yeah, it, it, it truly is everything, right. Like if yeah. you take care of yourself and do everything you're supposed to do, you should have a good metabolic rate. Of course, there are people who do have medical conditions like, yeah. like hypothyroidism, for example, where you probably need to supplement with T4 or T3, yeah. uh, just to like keep your metabolic rate, like your thyroid hormone levels normal. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that's like a that's like a, a loaded question kind of because it's like there's just so many factors but i think you nailed like the big ones and so since we have like you know what they would call like the lowest hanging fruit just focus on those like focus on the factors you can control um what's one thing you wish you knew you start when what's sorry what's one thing you wish you knew when you started your bodybuilding career I mean, everything. There's lots of shit, but yeah. Like, uh, I would say, just because this would be the most important thing when starting, uh, I would say, like, you know, training intensity trumps training volume. Yeah, yeah. That, that's if because if, I feel like because you know you get you just get so much gains from the beginning from training alone because we all just start to train like we don't fucking start eating six meals a day and then train. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> training comes first, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I, I wish I knew that because I feel like I probably could have got more in my training my earlier years. Um, because I just did a bunch of like crazy, like like 30, 40 sets of workout. I feel like I was probably doing yeah at some point. So yeah, that'll be mine. I'm I'm struggling to pick one thing because I feel like there's so many things, but yeah, like I'm trying to pick like one thing that would influence me when I first started. One, what's one thing you wish you knew? One thing that I wish I knew when I first started. I'd probably say like when I first started, I was really obsessed with supplements. I wish I knew that I didn't, I didn't need to spend that much money on them. Dude. I know. Like, you know? remember like you going to Popeye's dude, like, you'd be looking at like all like the test boosters and stuff. Like, yes. Oh, like, if I could afford this, I would be huge. Like, you know, like <laughs> spend all your money on like size on and shit. Yeah. Oh man. The size on for sure. The super yeah. pump 250, the animal pack. And it was Buy, buying the animal pack probably made no fucking difference. My only supplement that I think was like one of the best things I ever used was um, Jack 3D. Yeah, bro, that pre-workout was fun. Like you, I, I, I never, I never actually got the original version. You know? Dude, I'm not even kidding you. I got mine. 
like after like it just became banned but i knew this older dude who went to the same gym as me but he, and he worked at popeyes so they had to take a bunch of it off the shelves and uh because there's like actually drugs in it and uh I, I bought four tubs off of him like in some sketchy like parking lot like it was like a drug deal but i was actually buying like pre-workout like it's it's something like that would be like a funny tiktok now like you know <laughs> it's like a trench coat like, hey, bro, you want to get fucking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gym? yeah, man. And dude, like, you would take that, and it was it was almost it was borderline like being on ecstasy or something, right? Yeah, you'd just be in the gym, and like, you would not want to leave. Like, two, three hour workouts for sure. Like, like you would be like doing a two hour workout and like done, and then you'd see like a hot girl walk in, and you'd be like, okay, I'm going for another hour. Like, <laughs> yeah. dude, I remember. Um, uh, I don't know if you know, um, like SD nutraceuticals or whatever it is. They used to have. Um, they used to have geranium extract pills, which is like one of the ingredients in uh, Jack 3E, the original formula, the one that just gets you fucking hyped. Nice. I, I just I just bought those pills separately. I remember I just I'd pop a couple of those with my pre-workout and I would go and do leg day. And I remember just I remember screaming and fucking doing I'm not even kidding you. I have a video on my YouTube. I did 30 rep squats and like I don't know if you remember um uh back in the day uh intense new and one of the forums they used to have intense set of the day and they were like they would like feature like the most intense set like if you like sent in like your video they would like feature you and like maybe send you like a prize pack or something it was on one of these forums like all, like i don't know remember what else but uh maybe professional muscle or something whatever it was but i remember like taking those videos i'd like okay i gotta make it the most intense set today fucking geranium pills and fucking pre-workout you know fucking okay go to the gym i'd be like out of my mind before I got there, you know, I'm just like screaming 30 rep squats, literally like horrible form by the end of it. And then uh, I remember just after I was done that, that set, I would like lay on the floor and I have like beating headache. Like I would not even be able to leave the gym for half an hour. Cause I'm like, I can't even fucking walk straight. Cause my head. Oh yeah, dude. Fuck Crazy right. bro. The I, I kind of miss those days, man. Of like, like ignorance is bliss in a way. Right. Just like getting fucking hopped up on a bunch of shit going to the gym when you're like in your early twenties, like your natural testosterone is just through the fucking roof. And just like, it was just different then because now I kind of feel like training is like so calculated. Like, you know, it's like I go in, like there's a job to be done. Like I still have fun sometimes, but it's not like it was back in those days. And like, and like I used to like get off on like lifting heavier and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like just, and that doesn't happen very often anymore. And even when I do like set a PR now, I'm just like, Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like whatever. Man, I remember I remember like doing like three plate barbell rows and like just like all biceps. Like literally my my back Same. did not grow at all. I used to do them like the reverse grip and just like like the fastest set of 10 with 315 bent over barbell rows you've ever seen. Man, just like just like get a video of me doing video. it. I think I deleted it because I was I went back and watched that video. I think I was embarrassed by like how much I was screaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, never been a, I've never been a big screamer in the gym. I like it sometimes. Yeah. On leg day, I, I can get I can get nasty on leg day for sure. On leg on leg day, yeah. Not no, nothing else really. There's there's yeah. no point screaming for you to a bench press, just kind of ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, I know the video's on here. I'm I'm gonna show you. Hold on a sec. Yeah, it's all good uh-huh i got all these videos i i call myself like in the last couple of leg days i'll just be like i'm like come on motherfucker let's go 
you know, something like that. Oh shit, I found it. There you go. <laughs> Intensemuscle.com and true nutrition. All right. I don't know if you're ready for this. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, buddy. All right, here we go. Uh, oh my god, this is gonna be gold. Everyone take out your phone and record it. Oh, here we go. Let's go. The J, the J color headband on. Oh yeah. I literally, I this like the first minute is literally just getting psyched up for it. I don't even start squatting till a minute in. I'm already streaming. First rep. I haven't even squatted it yet. <laughs> One. Two. Are you counting? Somebody else is. Bro, is this a set of third? I don't, I, I don't think I can watch this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go to the end. It's like fucking five minutes of this shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Look at this kid. What a savage. The fucking the plates are like coming off the bar. Like yeah, you were fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of badass though, because you're so young. That kind of that kind of saves you a bit here. How young you were? <laughs> She's like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> Was this your girlfriend at the time? I think so. Yeah. Fuck, man! I, I didn't even get a. I didn't even get the shout out. <laughs> oh, you didn't even get it. Get it? Yeah, like this is excessive. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, he, he's playing it up too much. Yeah, I definitely was. That's that's that fucking uh, the Dranium man. That shit was crazy. Yeah, I get it, man. Uh, all right. That's probably why that guy told me he's like, "You're not gonna win." Fucking, why you why you doing that shit? <laughs> was that around the same time frame? <laughs> um, it was like two years later that he said that. I think I toned it down a little bit by then, but all right, uh, let's move on. What do people misunderstand you? Sorry. What do people misunderstand about you the most? Oh, I, you know, from, from what I hear, um, I think like people just think I'm an asshole until they meet me. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's just maybe the way I carry myself. Like, I feel like it's probably just why I'm in the gym because it's the only place I go besides my house. <laughs> so, and, and when I'm there, like, I'm not fucking around, obviously. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I tend to be like kind of blunt on social media and stuff like that. So, and that's just like feedback I've gotten from people. Like, like they meet me and they're like, Oh, I can't believe like, I, like I hear this often. Like, I can't believe how nice you are. Like I was so intimidated to like talk to you and like, and, and this stuff. Right. So I would say that that's probably it. I'm sure people probably, I think with bodybuilding, you know, people that don't know you and, you know, if they follow you on social media or whatever, they might think you're like conceited mm -hmm. just because of like how we post and like how we go about our social media. Sometimes it can come off as like very vain, like, you yeah. know, but I don't think people get it. Like it, it's hard to get it unless you're in it. Like, because like, obviously we have really good physiques, like we're professional bodybuilders. Right. But like, I think if people could be in our heads, they would understand how humble we actually are about it. Mm -hmm. like i don't think i'm better than anybody because i have a good physique 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just what I do. Like, it's just, it's my job. Like I'm ex- like, I expect myself to kind of have a good physique. It's yeah. like, I'm never, I'm never posting my body being like, Oh, look how great I am. Like more times than not when I post in my caption, I'm talking about the things I need to improve. Yeah. Right. It's like, here's how it's looking. Like, here's what I'm working on. This is my priority kind of thing. You know? So I'm sure, I'm sure there's like those types of misconceptions too, but it comes to the territory, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, definitely that. Um, I think, you know, I think when I'm like, when I'm at the gym and I'm, and I'm just trying to work out by myself, I think, you know, when I see like my clients or like people that I know, they're always like, they think that I'm like grumpy. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not grumpy. I just, I like, I'm going to feel so good when I finish this workout. But right now it's like, I just don't want to talk. I just, I literally just want to stay focused. Like, I, I feel like for me, staying focused is, is my ultimate priority when I'm training myself. Yeah. Because when I'm training somebody else or I'm there, like after I train, I'm, I'm so down to like shoot the shit and like have a good time, catch me smiling, all that kind of stuff. But if I'm training, like, and I'm not, I'm not walking around the gym when I'm in my workout, like smiling at people, you know, it's just, it's not the mood. Right. But it kind of annoys me because I'll have, I'll have a client come up and be like, well, you look so grumpy today. And I'm like, I'm literally in the middle of a leg workout, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like it's my, it's just my priority is not to talk right now. And so I've, I've caught myself, like if someone, if I'm about to do like my working set and someone's like, Oh, Hey Robin, like what's going on? Blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, Whoa, like fucking, I'm just like really short with them. And I caught myself last time I'm training at, at the gym there. And like my buddy came over and he like, he's like, Oh, I haven't seen you for a while. And like I could tell he wanted to talk. Yeah. But I said like two words and I, and I just turned away and I was like, I got to get ready for this work, the set right now. Cause it was a working set. It was like yeah. the set. You're you know? going to work, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and my buddy and my buddy after was like, "Well, you're really short with that guy. I think he, I think he wanted to talk to you. I think you kind of upset him." And I was like, "Oh fuck, really, man? Like, okay." And I sent him a message. I'm like, "Listen, bro. Like, I hope you didn't think I was being a dick. Like, I'm gonna be doing chest tomorrow. We can like shoot the shit a bit more." And like, then it was all good. Or like yesterday, I was at the gym and like I could tell my client wanted to talk to me, but I was literally just trying to get over to the hack squat, and my fucking my quads were like about to burst. I'm like, I gotta keep this pump. I don't yeah. want to lose this pump. So she was like talking and I'm like, I can't really hear you, you know, like trying to keep my headphones on. And I took them off and I'm like, I'm like, oh, you know, can we talk after? And then as soon as I was done my workout, I went right over to her and I was like, yo, what's up? Like, let's talk. And then like, I spent the time with her. So I just, I think the misconception is like, oh, I don't want to talk to you or like I'm grumpy or whatever, things like that. It's like, I want to just, but give me my space so I can do what I need to do. And I promise you, I'll be good for you after that. Well, man, I, I like you know I look at it like this. Like it's it's obviously hard for people to understand again, like same thing I was I was talking about before. But like it's our job. Like it's important. It's like I don't come up to you at your work and be like, hey, like I know you're right in the middle of work. Like can we have a chat? Like yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. But I think that says a lot about you. And and I've done the exact same thing you just said, where I've I, I got a short with people at the gym, and I've actually messaged them after. Yeah. And been like, hey, like I, like I know you wanted to talk. Like exact same thing you said, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, if this was the situation, and like you know like you know next time let's chat after my workout or before i start or or something like that like you know yeah try to make up for it right yeah that's all you can do that's all you can do because you can't just be nice to everybody that wants to talk to you when you train yeah just like listen like this isn't my social time i just need this hour hour and a half to be by myself do my thing and then i'm happy to do like whatever you want after that yeah and that's usually what i say to people at the gym if i don't talk to me i'm just like i'm just like hey just let me finish my workout yeah. Right. Like let's chat after I'm done, kind of thing. And yeah. I mean, that's all. That's all you can do. If people still want to get offended, you can't take the blame for that. That's yeah, yeah. They're they're kind of choosing to be offended, right? Definitely. Uh, here's a good one. What's the best compliment you ever gotten? 
Uh, you know what people tell me a lot? I get this a lot. People come up to me and they're like, like, whoa, dude, like I saw you on Instagram or like I've seen you on social media. You're way bigger in person. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> that, that's when I get a lot. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely one I get a lot. I just appreciate it. Like when people come up to me and, and say like, Hey dude, like love your TikTok. Cause I, I just post a lot of training videos and stuff on there. Like, Hey, your TikToks are really helping me with my training. Like yeah. just to know that I'm putting content out there. That's useful to people. You know, uh, that to me is probably more like, I would take that as a better compliment than almost anything else. I actually got a really good one just today. Um, I just looked on my Instagram this morning and some guy, I don't know who he is, but he was just like, Hey man, like I've been following your, you know, your bodybuilding transformation, like for like 10, 12 years. And I just want to say like, it's incredible that your, your dedication and commitment has never changed. You've always, you know, get pushed it, you know, whatever. He's like, you deserve to be a pro. I'm like, Oh fuck. That's a nice thing to say. Thank you. Well, and it's so true, man, because so many people say that they're going to do this or do anything. You know what I mean? Because they feel like that's what they want or they, they like the end result, but not many people follow through with long-term goals. Yeah. A lot of people do bare minimum, man. Like a lot of people just, you know, get a job just to get by and they, they're just satisfied with mediocrity. Right. Where it's like, yeah. we like said we were going to do this, took us like 10 years, like stuck with it, no matter like all the bullshit and, and we got there. Right. So, yeah. you know, that's the best thing about this is that you can inspire people. Right. And I think yeah. it's just, always important to remember where you come from and, and tell people where you came from so that they can understand that like we weren't always just pros that had these big physiques like we came from being little skinny dudes that just wanted to get jacked like you know yeah and, that, and like, that's why the covenant meant so much because it's like this guy actually saw you know, like me do that 10 year 12 year whatever versus like most people they just come up to you they see you for the first time like oh you're huge have you always been huge and it's like no dude <laughs> yeah man exactly yeah. Oh, you must have always been a big guy. You get actually just uh, I just put a TikTok up today. It was like a reply to a comment on one of my videos, and some guy asked me. He was like, "Man, I'm genuinely wondering, like, how long did this take you? Like, what did it take like out of you to get to where you are?" So I was like, "I'll just make a video response to this and basically yeah. just explain like all the shows I did, like how many times I lost, like you know what I mean, and just like kept yeah. going, kept going. Like, didn't win my first show until 2021, the same year I turned pro." Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's just good to put things in perspective for people. Be like, listen, it wasn't all wins and pretty fun shit for me. Like it was hard. Like I had a lot of reasons to quit. <laughs> like, you yeah, know? exactly. And I think that's what feels good about when, when people acknowledge or just even acknowledging yourself. I was like, there wasn't always a time where you were good. There was a lot of times where you were bad and you stuck with it anyways. Exactly. Um, what are your, some, what are some of your goals after bodybuilding? Or let's just say, like, what's what's one goal that you have after bodybuilding? I'm hoping to have, like, a lot of good investments in place by the time I'm done bodybuilding. Nice. Um, so that I can just live comfortably and, you know, spend a lot of my time, you know, still helping people. Like, I think I'll always coach people. Uh, but just spend a lot of my time doing things that I couldn't do when I was bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. So I want to have myself in a good position to just enjoy life when I'm done bodybuilding, really. Nice. Yeah. And, you know, I always want to stay in good shape, stay healthy. I'll probably find another physical thing to 
you know, become obsessed with to challenge myself. I think that's something I'm always going to need in my life. Yeah. I mean, like I'm, I'm not, I don't plan on retiring and like getting fat, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I want to, you gotta know, stay, gotta stay active in, in some kind of way, right? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna want to. I know myself. Like, I, I even if I'm, if I'm 40, 45, like I'm gonna find something else, and I'm gonna want to try to reach my potential in that. Yeah. So I have no idea what that is, though. Yeah, you'll find it. For me, I, I really want to open up like a clinic, like I where I, I own a clinic, and I can have people come in, and we can train, and I can do kinesiology work with them. Ultimately, I like to get my my chiropractor. Uh, doctor of chiropractor or or do a master's or both and just so i can i can learn continue to learn more so when i open that clinic it's like people can come to me and i can basically do everything for them kind of like when i go and see alvin brown it's like he just does everything it's like i want to do that but i also want to be able to train them in the gym too so like let's let's do like a one hour where i fix your body or 30 minutes where i fix your body so everything's firing and then we're going to go and we're going to train right after. And then even better, if that person's a competitor, it's like, I'll fix your body and then I'll train you and then we'll pose everything and you're going to be ready for the stage or ready for whatever you want to do. I think that'd be so much fun. Yeah. Cool. Um, ooh, what are your, what are some of your all time favorite books for mindset development or even just what's like, if you have a favorite book or books. Machiavelli motivation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't read books, dog. <laughs> No books, uh, Muscle Mag, Flex Magazine. <laughs> no, I've read um, I've read most of uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Yeah, that's a good one. I watched the uh, like the first Joe Rogan David Goggins podcast, you know, three or four years ago, whenever it came out, and that's before like that's kind of how people found out about him, right? Yeah, and then he kind of blew up after that. But uh, that mindset that he talked about like definitely changed my life and impacted me heavily. That's, I, I, I think I watched that podcast like four or five times. I watched it again recently um, because it just like, you know, like kind of just reaffirms those things in my brain. Right. But yeah. you know, that guy's mindset and, and outlook on, on life and just like, there's no excuses, like no matter what, like, you know, just own everything. And just like hearing someone talk about it and him telling his story, just kind of, I mean, I still use one of his uh, things, like one of his sayings, almost like every day. Like, um, I don't know if you're familiar familiar with this, but he says like, like who's going to carry the boats, right? Mm-hmm. You know what that means? Uh, I've I've listened to the book, but try to explain because I don't really remember. So when he was in Buds, which is like Navy SEAL training, like yeah. they go, they go through Hell Week or whatever, yeah, and like they're in teams and they do these boat races. As far as I know, I could be getting some of this mixed up, but they have to like, they're in like teams of six, I think. And they have to lift these like big, like boats over their head and they got to run. Right. Yeah, like freezing cold water. Yeah. And like, you got to like work together and, and it's like, they suffer, right? Like it's like they're going on no sleep and all this stuff. But like, he always found a way to fire his team up. Right. And like, one thing he would always say is like, you know, it's like he was going to carry these fucking boats. Like who's yeah. going to carry the boats and like, who's going to be the best at it. And it's kind of like, for me, it's, it just means like, okay, like there's work to be done. Like who else is going to do it besides you? Yeah. Like it got, it got to be done. There's no sense in complaining about it. And so whenever I'm kind of going through something, like I'll say this to myself on leg day, or sometimes I'll say this to myself when I'm doing cardio and I'm struggling, I'll just be like, who's going to carry the boats, man. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, I got to do it. <laughs> like, so might as well just shut up and do it. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's like one thing I could say that, you know, in that like, like field, I guess. It's, it's funny how like, you know, like certain things will stick with different people. 
you know, because like when you said that, like one thing that just popped in my head was I read this book uh, called The Warrior and the Monk. And it's like, it's like a really short book. It was like, I don't know, maybe like 50 pages, something like that. But basically like the whole thing was, it was like this warrior, he meets this monk and the warrior is kind of like, he's like, you know, us. He's like, We're gonna, I'm going to fucking train and I'm going to fucking kill it. And the monk's just chilling like, and the monk's like, basically like, you have no idea what you're doing because you have no control over your breathing. And so he just basically, the, the whole book was like just teaching the warrior how to like control his body and get stronger just by learning how to breathe properly. That's like the whole thing. So, so it just called like, you know, the warrior breath or something like that. It's just like, whenever you're like really stressed out or like whenever you feel like you don't have like strength or whatever, it's like if you can just go back to your breath and just get a good deep, deep, deep breath in and like, just let it go. It's just like, fuck, you just took control of your body. It's in like seconds. Right. So if you feel like you're losing control, just breathe. Cause you have, you have control over that. Right. Unless you're dead, then you don't, you can't do that. That's how you know you're still alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're um, all good. You're all good. If you can breathe. Yeah. An another book that I, I read twice. Cause I thought it was like the trippiest book I ever read. Um, it's called uh, life on the edge. And it's about like, it's basically, it's like, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's so basically it's like, it explains like how like birds are just like the trippiest things ever. Like birds, literally they fly through the air. Like, you know, how you see them like flying, like in a V shape. It's because the ones on the right side, half of their brain is sleeping and the other half is like looking. So they're like, their right eye is like looking this way and the other half of the birds are looking out the other way. So they sleep and then they fucking switch. So that, that's how they can fly like long destinations. They like switch, like half their brain is sleeping and they switch and the other half sleeps and they just keep doing that. Crazy. They also have like a built-in compass. So just like, they just know where to go because they have like this magnetic compass built into their bodies and it just like it's crazy so it's it's like um metaphysics and shit like that but i was like it's crazy and it talks about how like you know, like certain particles like atoms it can be like you can have like an atom that exists or a particle that exists in two different places at the same time but if you observe it like if you go and look at it like under a microscope or something it's only in one place but then as soon as you're not looking at it, it's in two places. It's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I didn't really get anything like, you know, in terms of like uh mindset development from it, but it was almost just like, it just opens your eyes to the perspective that like, things aren't always what they seem kind of, you know? Um, one more really good one called Buddha's brain that I was recommended by Ben Pakulski. And that one basically just goes over like, like just to sum it up, it goes over how like, if you can control kind of like, kind of like Buddha, you know, he's like chill, he's Zen, he's like, you know, he's in the zone. You can, you can put yourself into a, a place where you're more likely to have like more positive physiological changes essentially. So th those are kind of like the things that I'm into. Um, yeah, okay. What's your biggest pet peeve in the gym? uh everything yeah if there's other people there yeah. <laughs> that's all good um let's see biggest pet peeve in the gym hey that's a tough one i would say geez i don't know i, 
feel like I don't know. I feel like I try to like not have those. You know, I feel like I can get I can get annoyed with with people pretty easily if I start if I start watching them too much. Like I start watching what someone else is doing in terms of exercise execution. I can start being like too judgmental. Like, oh, that person is doing it wrong. So I just kind of like back off a little bit. Um, biggest pet peeve in the gym. Biggest pet peeve in the gym. Jeez, that's a tough one. Or or in fitness. Or in fit in the fitness lifestyle, too. So oh, fitness lifestyle, man. I think yeah. There, there's a couple. I, I'd say like fitness in general, it's just tough, you know, to see people that do like one show or something like that, and then say they're going to take on clients like the coach like because it just yeah. it, it's like almost offensive in a way because it's like you know we've been doing this so long like dedicated our lives to it like it's our passion like truly yeah, love, like, truly love spreading the knowledge and helping people because we know how much it, it's helped our lives right and then you get people who are just clearly doing this for the wrong reasons like you know what i mean like they do a show just because it's a cool thing to do they got all the cool gym gear they're posting on social media, but they blatantly have like no muscle. Like, and then like the next thing you know, like they're taking clients. It's just like devastating. It's just yeah, like, yeah. why do you think that's okay? Like you're literally, so you're going to take clients and you're going to tell them what to eat, how to train, like what supplements to take. So you're literally taking someone's health in your own hands and you have, you have no experience. And it's just troubling to me to think that people like that they think they can do that. Like, you know what I mean? Bad, man. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy. Now, I don't worry about them because I'm like, okay, you know, maybe they get a few clients, but people are going to find out quick that this person doesn't know what they're doing. Because at the end of the day, if you can't provide results, so you're not going to have a coaching business anyway. Like, you know what I mean? Sometimes I feel like it gets a little bit on my nerves just because I'm like, if I see that situation, I'm like, I wish they would, I wish I could have found them first because I feel like I can help them so much more than yeah. this other person. You know, and it's like I have to like bite my tongue because they'll be like, oh, my coach told me to do this. I'm like, fuck, you know, it's so wrong. And I'm yeah. like, and a couple of times I, I was I was unable to do that. I had I would just like blurt it out. I'm like, this is wrong, and that's wrong, and that's wrong. And they're like, they're like, whoa, 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 like now you're upsetting me. Like my coach knows what he's doing. I trust him. I'm like, oh. And then they get on stage and they look terrible. And I'm like, oh, I could have prevented that for you, you know, I could have helped you. So that sucks. Um at pure muscle sometimes there's some young guys there and they leave their weights on and i go up to them and i'm like hey man are you done with that and they're like yeah yeah we're done bro i'm like okay so what's going on with the weights then and they're like oh 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 shit you know and then they're going to clean it off because i told them to and i'll see them still doing the same thing the next day i'm like no respect man they, yeah they, exactly they don't get it like they're just like oh no one's around yeah like, I, can, I can leave a plate on but it's like we're trying to keep something that's existed for 70 years, like, like we're trying to keep that. We're, we're trying not to let that go completely because if it's just like anything like that will die out. Like if they don't have guys like us to say something and speak up or lead by example, by pulling our plates off and, and putting them away, then it's, it's going to go away. And then soon you're going to have gyms where there's dumbbells on the floor and plates left on every piece of equipment. And it's just, it's just so annoying because first of all, yeah, like you don't know if someone's using it or not. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, and, and that's it. I've, I've heard someone say like, well, you know, if, if you can't do like one uh, plate on a leg press, you shouldn't be doing it. It's like, but I see like, you know, the women, like there's older women there too, older, older men, whatever, somebody has an injury. I see people using the machines and they only put 10 pounds on each side. So. Yeah, dude. And I've seen know. girls in the gym that there's a 45 pound plate on like the top corner of a leg press and they actually can't get it off. Yeah. 
Like they can't, they can't reach up and take a 45 pound plate down like this because they're only like a hundred pounds themselves. And it's actually dangerous for them to lift it off. Right. And, so it's, and like, it's the respect for the employees. Cause if you don't clean up your shit, the employees going to have to come and do that. Yeah, man. It's also like, look at this amazing gym that you get to train at. A lot of gyms will either like charge you if you don't put your weights away or they might kick you out. So you're very lucky that like, it's me telling you because I don't think anybody else would tell you. And I, I kind of hint to them. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I'm just warning you. Like, you know, cause I don't have the authority to you know, kick anybody out or whatever, but it's like, I'm just warning you. Cause like the people that work here, they might, you know, be upset with that, whatever. So I'm like, I'm trying to give them the hint. It's like, get your shit together. You know, just be a man, like yeah. you're a big dude there, probably on juice at the gym, like thinking you're the shit cause you're lifting heavy. And then you're, you don't like, you don't have like enough work ethic to take the goddamn plates off. Yeah. But you want to be this like cool dude. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, be a fucking man. Like just yeah. clean up your mess, clean up after yourself. Like your mommy's not here to do it for you. Like that's you know? it. Yeah. Shut up and sit down. anything is how you do everything right so it's just like especially exactly. like I, i'm more concerned about the younger guys it's like if i if i see some like fucking bigger dude you know or like someone else it's like okay whatever like you know fuck it man like yeah that's on you because you know like, that person probably just said fuck it for that like one time yeah like, exactly you know like I mean? these younger guys like you know especially when they're they're guys i don't see they're there often i'm like okay like you gotta learn that shit now you know because yeah it's gonna exactly. carry over you're gonna train for 20 years and leave your plates on for 20 years like yeah and like don't get me wrong like i've I've had templates on the leg press after I've done my two or three sets and thought about it being like, man, I don't want to do it today, but I fucking do it. It's your rest time, right? Use it as your rest time. Like exactly. it's, part, it's part of your workout. So yeah, just haul them off. Yeah. Um, do you have any favorite podcast recommendations or like, what do you listen to? Um, Fuad. <laughs> for podcasts. Yeah. I mean, I listen to Fuad. I like, it's just bodybuilding a lot um i like I they have another one i think big um yeah where it's like nate spares on it sometimes his coach andrew skip hill and scott uh, i forget the name of it i don't know maybe i feel like it's like coach's corner oh no blood sweat and gear i think it's called okay yeah i like that one a lot um i listen to joe rogan um i listen to um i like like ufc so like sean o'malley has a podcast with his coach that i listen to it's kind of funny like they talk about mma where they just talk about like their lives and stuff i find that entertaining um what else like dave colombo heavy muscle radio mm -hmm. listen to that one um that's all i can think of right now those are probably the ones i listen to like on the regular 
Yeah, I listen to those ones. I'm a huge fan of uh, Muscle Intelligence, Ben Bukowski. Um, Philosophize This, I just started re- listening to you recently. It's really cool just to kind of like get different perspectives and learn like about like philosophers, I guess. Um, what else do I listen to? The Truth with Honey Rambod, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, I listen um, to that. School of Greatness, that's a good one. Uh, RX Radio with uh, Dr. Jordan Shallow, that's a good one. Um, you know what I don't like? I don't like the podcast, like fucking uh, Tony Huge. And like, basically, I don't like any podcast where guys are giving, they're just talking about gear and they have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, idiots. Like, and they're just, they're posting up protocols. I'm like, that is going to fucking hurt people. That is, that should not be allowed to be on YouTube. No, dude, there's, bullshit, man. your talk in general is pretty senseless. Like, in my opinion, like, yeah, it's just so over hyped and overvalued. Like, like, they're just something we got to take. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's so much more purpose to talking about diet methods and training methods and things like that than there is talking about gear because like literally like you could take you could have the best cycle ever right but if you train like a bitch and eat like an idiot like it, none of it matters like, and that's literally what these guys are talking about they're like i oh, like they just they have this huge list and it's like it's like nothing that we would ever take it's like three four fucking five times the amount that we would ever take or more ten times and they're like Oh uh, yeah. And they're kind of like joking about how they like, they just eat McDonald's like get big bro. Like this is the cycle. Like this is the cycle I use with my athletes. It's like, who the fuck do you coach? And you all look like shit. Yeah. So, they, I, they hate literally, that, I hate that. That's yeah, my biggest, that's and, my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. And those are the guys too, that are going around telling everybody that all the pros are taking this much too. Exactly. Like, all, that's you, what they're I, saying, like, yeah. Pro cycle. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Dude. Like I, I, I almost hope I do good as a pro just so I can like put out my cycles, like when I'm doing good and just be like, like just to like shut all these guys up, even though like, I know they probably would never believe me, but it's like, you know, like I'm taking like less than two Rams a week and I'm like three twenty shredded. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. It's like, just like, just to like destroy them and make them quit bodybuilding forever. Like that would be the goal there. B- biggest pet peeve right there for sure. What's your number one motivator when you just feel beat and want to shut down? um it's this or homeless yeah. <laughs> like i don't have a fucking choice i don't have anything like besides this really i'm sure i could figure it out but i mean like it, it's just not an option for me like i'm gonna i'm gonna reach my potential in bodybuilding like i know what it takes i'm more than willing to do that like i don't even have days that i want to quit like it's just so like out of the equation for me you know, it's like shit happens. Yeah. Like heart, like stuff comes up that, you know, halts my progress maybe, but it, to me, it's just like, okay, how do we get through this? How do we work around it? Like, there's no, there's nothing that's going to stop me from going in the direction I'm going. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I just put out a video to my clients like two days ago and I was just thinking like, what are the three, like if, if I, if I like, was no longer here. What are the three things I could leave behind in order to make an impact on people's lives? It was number one, don't make excuses for yourself. Number two, communicate with the people around you that care about you and support you. And number three, don't fucking give up. That's it. Three things. And if you just tell yourself those every day, I think you're going to be okay. Cause there's always going to be those times where you want to shut down. I've had times where I was like fucking many times like, you know, do horrible in a show. I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this? I'm just wasting my money here. 
but I'm like, well, I'm not giving up because in the next year I come back and win. And that's, that's all that fucking matters. It's just, you don't give up on yourself. You don't make excuses for yourself. And when times get tough and you can't handle it on your own, communicate with people. That's it. I just don't think people give themselves enough time. Like so many people face hardship and quit. Right. But it's the people who face hardship, overcome it, and then succeed that understand that after you do that once that like there is no roadblocks anymore because yeah. you've, you've proven to yourself what you're capable of and what you can do. Right. Dude, I've worked with, I've worked with a couple clients and they embarrassed me, literally embarrassed me because they showed up for prejudging. They got second call out and then they just left and they didn't show up for the night show. You know what I mean? And they're just like, fuck it. I'm done with it. Like I didn't get the placing I wanted. I'm like fucking pathetic, man. Pathetic. Like, and it's not harsh to say that because that is the weakest thing you could possibly do. I'm just going to fucking hide now. Yeah, yeah, that's, and disrespectful, dude. Like, like at that show, when I I knew I was gonna look like shit, I fucking still got on stage. I felt horrible about how I looked, but I, I fucking still smiled and did my best that I could with the circumstances that I was in. I was like, I'm not gonna give up, man. You gotta finish a job, man. That's it. Even even when I um, like I, I had like this period of time where like I had dropped out of school and I was like fuck it, I'm just going to focus on bodybuilding. And it was always just like in the back of my mind, like you didn't fucking finish that, man. You didn't finish that. You're a failure. I was like, and I went back. It was like three years later that I went back. Yeah, I understand that, man. I'm the same way. So if there's something that you want, you can't you can't ever shut down from it. Because that's, that's literally like, if you set a goal for yourself, and if it's that important to you, where you really feel like you need to achieve it, then that's like part of your soul's purpose. You have to do it. Yeah, like the old saying, right? You got to want it as bad as you want to breathe. And like, that's, like, that's a difference. Like, and, and like you identify that in people. Like, you know, like if you want something, like if you really want something, like there's nothing stopping you. Yeah. There's nothing stopping you. That's it. Right. But, and, th- and that's where people, that's the difference between people that say they want something. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Easy, so easy to say it. Yeah. With the price of lean meat skyrocketing, what are alternatives you guys are eating? There's no alternatives. Tofu, bro. Tofu and crickets. Yeah. Again, right? Like, this is another thing. Um, you find a way, like, right? Like, if, like, I mean, it, it's hard to say this without coming off as, like, a dick, right? Or, 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 like, insensitive. But, like, if you want to be a bodybuilder, eating high-quality protein sources is required. So find a way. Yeah. If you got to pick up a part-time job to afford your food, right? Like, what are you waiting for? Yeah. How, again, how bad do you want it? Right. What are you going to be like? Oh, meat's expensive now. I guess I just won't eat it. Like, or I'll just go eat some shit. Like, right. Like I don't, like, I, it's hard for me to talk about this shit. Right. Cause my brain just doesn't work like that. Yeah. My brain isn't like, let's just find the easier way. Like my, my brain is like, okay, how am I going to figure out to keep doing what I need to do? Town to town, from Milan 
So yeah, I guess that's my answer. Probably not the one that he was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we were driving back from Sudbury, like me and my girlfriend had this conversation. We were like, you know, how do you like, how do you like, you know, stick to your diet? How do you do like this and that? It's all these things. Like there's no other option. There's no other option. And I, I tell myself that I tell my clients that it's like, well, if you, if you want to be the most lean muscular version of yourself, you know, cheating on your diet is not an option. Doing everything that you need to do is the only option. And if you just keep telling yourself that you're going to find a way and, and dude, there's always, there's always like cheaper options. Like you find someone that has a farm, you know, you find a buddy who knows a buddy who has a buddy who knows a farmer and just buy a cow. Then you're yeah. getting, then you're getting your, your lean beef for like $4 a pound. Or, you know, luckily like here in Ontario, we got JW foods and he sells organic chicken breast for 60 bucks for, for 10 pounds. And I've been buying my chicken from him for like 10 years, you know? Yeah. So it's like, exactly. like people, you gotta be willing to like, just go like think outside the box. You know what I mean? Like, so you yeah. go, what do you go to the one grocery store? Right. Yeah. And, and their prices went up. So you're like, oh, well, that's it, man. Like, God forbid you fucking inconvenience yourself Yeah, like, for a week it. and I'll find some other sources. Like, again, right? Like, just figure it out. Just figure it out, man. It's like chicken breast is too expensive here. I'll just get the chicken thighs. It's like, no, go somewhere else. Exactly. Ask around, man. I'm sure there's someone out there that's going to help you out. What's the best path to becoming a coach? Where do you start? What's the route? We talked about this a little bit before. I mean, first of all, like you need to like do something with yourself. Like, you got to get yourself. You you got to transform yourself mentally and physically first. Yeah. Definitely agree. Yeah, like you can't just be like a regular, you know, fitness guy. Like you've been okay, you've been working out for a couple of years. You take a few supplements from the supplement store. Maybe you had a coach for six months. Like you are so far away from being ready to coach people. Like what, what you've done has to inspire others. Yes. If you haven't got there yet. You're not ready to coach. Yeah, exactly. Like you should be inspiring people. People should basically be telling you that you're inspiring them yeah. and you should be already putting out lots of knowledge to help people, like show people that, you know, what you're talking about and show people that you want to help. Them. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean, like the last thing you should do is just be one of these people that, you know, you have a fitness account or whatever, and you're just going to put up some story on Instagram one day being like, Oh, I'm taking online clients. Like come work with me to reach your goals. Like, yeah, it's not going to cut it. Like it's way too competitive. So like, think about it like anything, right? Like, this is what I say to people all the time. Like I don't have like a formal education, right. But I have like a, a master's in bodybuilding <laughs> like yeah. and 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 this stuff because i've just lived it for so long and been obsessed with it and read thousands of articles watched thousands of videos just acquire knowledge like that's my education on this and then obviously doing 10 bodybuilding shows coaching people for shows all the experience i've i've acquired from that has allowed me to be the point that i'm at right so it's like yeah so, you know put put your experience up next to mine right and be realistic with yourself like I'm not like, I'm not saying you can't do it. You can definitely do it, but just start doing the things that you need to do. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like having an education can help, but in fucking six years of going to school, I didn't learn anything. That's like, Oh, I can use this for my coaching business. Yeah, like, it's basically, basically nothing. Yeah. You know, it's like, 
it take take a course on biomechanics and like figuring out like the angle of the fucking humorous compared to it's like i'm never ever going to apply that the only thing that it helped me with is it taught me how to learn that's it basically because everything that i've learned in terms of practicing with clients it's come through experience and that's you know so i think you got to start man by doing it for yourself proving to yourself that you can fucking do it and then show people that you're a very passionate and inspiring individual. And then you can just start by helping like your buddies, you know, just get a couple clients and do it for free to see if you can actually handle the, you know, coaching aspect of it and then go from there. And like personal training, you can, you can literally start as a personal trainer just to get experience working with different bodies. And then you can, you can always like expand into coaching from there. But I think you have, without having like a base level of experience, you shouldn't be coaching anybody because you're just not there. Not to mention like the people skills that I require. Like that's probably where you can grow the most in the personal training space. Like go get a job at a big box gym, you know, go through consultations with people, like learn how to talk to people, learn how to communicate with people about what's going on with their bodies and, and, and what they need and all these things. Like that's one thing that working at a big box gym taught me how to acquire clients, right? How to overcome objections like when you're having a consultation with someone and they're finding excuses why not to hire you and you need to be able to overcome those things with why they should hire you right yeah. it's not just as easy as knowing your shit there's lots of people that know how to die and train right yeah. but you need to be able to communicate these things and and convince people that it's going to work for them you know what i mean like you got to give people a reason to trust you so there, there's a lot of skills that go into it like there's a lot yeah definitely yeah, especially especially when you start doing it like on your own, like you start your own coaching business. Now you also have to be a salesman too. So yeah, there's, 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 there's lots of skills. Yeah. Um, all right. We got a couple more coming in here. Bulking from 275 to 300 plus. Do you feel noticeably heavy at 300 plus? Yes. Dude, 300, I feel light. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm all at, relative. I'm, at 318, yeah. I'm feeling pretty light. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, it's all relative. Like when I was 328, 10 pounds heavier than this, I felt like I was 400 pounds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to put it in perspective. Right. So I think it's when you get to the point where that extra weight you're carrying is like water and like bloat from just pounding you feel water. Yeah. Yeah. And that comes with the territory for sure. Right. I think that's what feels heavy, but like right now, like I've gotten quite a bit leaner dropping that 10 pounds. Like, you know, this 318 is pretty lean for me. Like I got cross striations of my quads, for example, like, you know yeah. what I mean? So, and I, so I feel pretty good. Yeah. If you're lean and muscular, no matter what weight you're on, you're going to feel better than being watery and fucking fat. Yeah. That's so, what it is. Yeah. It's more about the composition. Um, do you recommend wearing headphones while working out? Please tell us your thoughts. Yeah. I like headphones. The gym has shitty music yeah sure if, if i'm training with someone no if i'm training by myself yes yeah same um okay we got some more here one sec dead air uh oh shit where'd it go here it is um okay <laughs> we've got some good ones here um okay so we're talking about personal trainers I've noticed an upward trend on overweight personal trainers as a beginner in the gym. Should their personal appearance play a role in their knowledge or their abilities? Yeah, definitely. It's your resume. When you're a trainer, how you look is your resume. I don't have any respect for trainers that are out of shape. No, Honestly. I don't think anybody does. I don't care who they are. I don't care how long they've been doing it. 
you know, maybe if you're like 70 years old or something, but like, I mean, I feel like you have a responsibility to practice what you preach to at least a certain extent. I don't think you need to be like a big Jack shredded bodybuilder, but you know, you should be in good shape. If you can get yourself in shape, then you have proved that you can do it for others. And if you can do it for others, then why can't you do it for yourself? That's There's just no excuse to be a fat slob, especially yeah. when you know, when you have the knowledge of like how easy it is to really stay in shape once you're in shape. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can have plenty of balance there and just work out a few times a week, do a bit of cardio, eat a decent diet. That's all you got to do to stay in shape once you're there. You know what I mean? But to be a fat slob and to like not train at all, you know, not get cardio in, eat a burger and fries every day is almost like a slap in the face, like, you know, yeah. to, to what the industry is. Disrespectful for sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. Um, <laughs> would you rather have Morgan's mustache or Robin's hair? I'd rather have your hair, bro. Yeah. It's all right. Eh? It's not bad at all, man. It's good. I don't yeah. think I could rock. I don't think I could rock the mustache, bro. I'd, I'd look like a fucking perv. I, I can't see it on you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd look like a goddamn creep. <laughs> yeah, I can't see it on you. I got, I got good mustache genetics. So that's why. Yeah. Yeah, because my mine's not fucking thick enough, you know. It'd be like a little fucking like, dude. Mine, my mustache trombone. has like mine has like a presence. It does. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you can like, feel it. There's like my face, and then there's my mustache. Like it's, it's got a weight to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I either go in a full beard like this, or or clean shaven. There's no like nothing else. Yeah. Um. Would you rather Arnold's impact on bodybuilding or Chris Bumstead's? It's actually a good fucking question, man. Arnold's. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. hundred percent. I don't think you can put Chris Bumstead on the same pedestal as Arnold, man. Not especially for the, like the global impact. That's you know? true. That's true. And the years like Arnold's been inspired since the seventies. Like he's the godfather. Yeah. I'm not saying Chris won't get there one day, like at all. Like he, he very well might. Uh, but I, but I just think Arnold was like perfect timing because like he kind of introduced bodybuilding to the world. Whereas now bodybuilding already exists. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's just kind of different. Right. But I, I think Chris is definitely our modern day Arnold in terms of like popularity and his impact, like on one person having an impact on the sport. Like, you know what I mean? Chris is the daddy, but Arnold is the granddaddy. hundred percent. Which bodybuilder is your favorite in terms of stage posing routines? Uh, I mean, I used to love like Kevin Lavroni's routines. Yeah. There's like the side crab that he used to do yeah. uh, and just the way that, and the music he would pick, like it, it was so in between like this, like, like the modern type and like the epic type stuff that yeah. he, and he had a good mix. And uh, I also just love his physique. So. I, I really like Kai's posing routines. I think yeah. Kai, like he just, he did it like nobody else could ever do it. You know? So 2016 Arnold classic. Yeah. Kai's, Kai's routine where he did that, like, crazy like popping like shit to the music yeah like, i remember watch i was watching that live and it actually looked like i was watching like special effects yeah like, he's watching. I, I couldn't believe how he was moving his body like and the control of the muscles that he has is like second to none in my opinion kai was like on another level in terms of posing routines man i, I totally agree with that um who is the pro you would like to train with the most or step on stage next to I'm really looking forward to being uh, to standing next to like um, like Regan 
and uh, Samson, uh, Jamie Joe Hall, like the kind of the taller guys. Like I, I, I like to see kind of how I like where I stack up there. Yeah. Yeah. Was there another practice? That question was it train with? Train with, yeah. Uh, well, we never trained together, so I'd like to train with you. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely, man. No, for sure. Um, I want that too. And in terms of standing on stage with, hmm, that's a good question. I, I've stood on stage with a couple of guys. Um, fuck, that's a good question. Who could I see? Well, maybe like some of the guys that beat me before. I want to. I want to stand next to them again and fucking beat them. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Would you rather be on? This is a long one. Would you rather be on death row for a crime you didn't commit, and the most important, most important person in in your life is free, but they committed the crime, or be free, but the most important person in your life is on death row for a crime you committed? Oh, I I own my shit. You'll take it. I'll fucking take it, hundred percent. So so I got to take the blame for a crime that they did. So Chloe murdered somebody. And you're going on death row because of it, or vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I, I, I think I would have to, to to die because I don't think I could live if I knew that someone died for something I did. Gotta man up. Yeah, for the team, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, if I if I really loved her, you know what I mean, and she fucked up or. I don't know. Maybe she killed someone like, who knows the circumstance, but yeah, no, I, I, would, be, I would be the one to die. Yeah. yeah. That's uh that's very heroic. Hey man, what can I say? It'd be a great, yeah. it'd be a great love story, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. There you go. Give and what, what, what would your last meal be? <laughs> Burger King. <laughs> Burger King. Fuck no, man. <laughs> You're sick of uh, it. Oh, I'd have like a big breakfast. Oh, shit, that's a good one. Breakfast buffet? Big breakfast, like toast, eggs, bacon, sausage, uh, ham, uh, hash browns, and then like a stack of chocolate chip pancakes. Damn. That's what I would do. That'd be good. What would you have? I'd probably get that cheat meal that I had last weekend, man. The Five Guys burger and some cookies. Oh, that's good. That's a good combo. So satisfying. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, some of the mental hurdles you've come across. We will do that another time. That's a long one. What slash, okay, maybe these are a couple that we've done already. Um, what, sets you, what sets you apart from the other pros? Well, I think my lower body's going to be pretty nasty. Yeah. I think just like, I think my glute development, I think my lower body development in general, but mostly my glutes, like, I think I'm going to have some of the best boots in bodybuilding, you know, just because they're fucking huge. And, uh, and like the detail that I can get in them and like my ability to get conditioned. I think, I think my lower body is probably going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah. And I think so, man. For that's sure. All. That's all. And just because my size too, like my, my height and stuff, you know what I mean? So I think there's a combination of all those things. I think that's, what's going to be unique that like something that's going to be unique to me, uh, that not many people have being like my height. I don't think there's anybody your height, like over six foot or at all that have a dominant lower body. No. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's going to make me look unique and that's yeah. what's going to catch people's eyes, you know, about yeah. me, you know, so I, I truly think my success depends on my upper body development. 
Yeah, because it is the it's the area it's the era of freaky quads. So you, you got that locked in. So just about bringing in the symmetry, right? Yeah, like I got good lines and stuff like that. Like I think I have good shape and structure, and my proportions are pretty good. It's just more about you know thickening up my upper body, bigger arms, bigger shoulders. Like I think if I can get those things, I'll be able to do pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's actually hard to answer. I mean, I think the one that set me apart in the past was my conditioning. So just like we were talking about with Nate, just like focusing on that. Um, cause I, I know that can set me apart cause I've never had a hard time getting in condition. It's only when I've like tried to chase size that I've sacrificed that a little bit. So just like going back to like my roots and like, you know, when I used to be like, I'm the most conditioned athlete on the stage, that's just the main fucking focus. Um, and I think I'm aesthetic. So you know, when I, when I really dial it in, I agree. So yeah. I, think, yeah, I love your physique, honestly, when you're, when you're in really good shape. I love your shape and proportions and how you put together. I think you're put together really well. Sweet. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. Um, all right. Let's do one more here. Uh, pick a good one. What was the biggest setback that you had to overcome? One that, I mean, I'll talk like physical injury, like one thing that really popped into my head, uh, was the first time I dislocated my rib. Uh, I was like peak strength. And I was like, I did a set of RDLs with um, 545. And it was clean 10, but I guess all the pressure dislocated a rib. And I tried to train through that. I didn't know what was going on. And then I finally went to my chiropractor and uh, he fixed it for me. But basically what he described to me is that during that set of RDLs, I'd also acquired a spinal injury. And your body can only like recognize so much pain at once. Right. Mm -hmm. So because my rib was out of place, it was only like showing, like I was only feeling the pain of the rib. He put the rib back in place. And the next day I woke up with like the worst sciatica pain I could ever imagine. Like I honestly wouldn't, what I experienced for that month was October, 2020. I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy, what I had to go through. Um, I had like sciatica pain 24 hours for like a month, you know, 24 hours a day for a month. And like, I was to the point where, you know, I had to go and gotten to see him a few times, but he basically just told me it's something I had to wait out. Like, you know, it was something that was going to relieve itself as the injury I had healed. Uh, but I was like trying to find like Percocets and oxys and stuff just to take, so I could like get through my day yeah. like, and sleep. Like I, I, it was, you know, sleep was terrible for like that whole month. Like it was, I went through it. I went through it pretty bad. Okay. Uh, that's probably the worst injury I ever had. Um, so yeah, I would say that would probably be the biggest setback I had to overcome was just getting through that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fuck, man. Yeah. I mean, like I've had injuries for sure, a whole bunch of them, but nothing like that. So I'll, I'll go in a different direction. And one of the, the biggest things that I'd overcome was like, uh, addiction basically like that shit fucking sucks, man. You know, like basically for a long time, I would just trade addictions. I go from like eating disorder to drugs to like, you know, just whatever. But it was always like, it's like, Oh, I'll fix it with this. And it was like one of those things that was just, it was always like in my gut, I could feel like this is holding me back, you know? And it, it took a long time to really like heal from that and to really like, you know, cause it's one of those things that it's very like, it's very insidious where you feel like just because you've gone without it for a long time that you've overcome it. But when the temptation arises, you have to know that it's not an option. Yeah. You know? 
because it'll, it'll just bring you, it'll just bring you right back, you know. And, and you'll be ten times worse when you go back to something, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I found that myself with that. Like, it's like I've been smoking weed my whole life, and like I, I, I have phases with it where it's like I've never come off completely. Where I, I tried and it didn't go very well, but I'll have times where like I, I'm like, okay, time to like tone it down a bit. So like I'll just go to back to smoking in the nighttime yeah. instead of smoking like throughout the day, and I'll be good on that for a while. But then when I let myself go back to like smoking in the day, I'll smoke like more than I ever have for a period of time. And then it's like, I got to bring it back down. And it's kind of like back and forth. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think I'm really like struggling because it's, I don't feel like it's like harming my life. You know what I mean? It's just something I try to stay like conscious of and like remain some type of control of. Right. But yeah. But I mean, yeah, that's just something I'm, you know, just being honest about that. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, man, like it, and it's tough. Right. Cause you, and you got to really decide for yourself, is this serving me or not? Yeah. And for, for a long time, you know, I was like, when I first got into partying, there was a lot of, there was a lot of bodybuilders here who would party as well. And they like, I looked up to these guys. So I was like, fuck man, like these guys are doing it. Like it's cool to do it. And then I just got myself in a trap where it'd be like, you know, trade X for Y and Y for Z because, because Z is not as bad as X and X is not as bad as Y, but it's like, but they're all fucking you up because again, deep down, it, I'd be like, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. But deep, deep down, I'd be like, it's not okay, man. It's yeah. fucking with you, you know? And it's, it's more, it's more than mental more than anything. Cause it's like, then you're feeling guilty about it. And then you're going to lean on those things to help you when you're feeling anxious, depressed, struggling, when you're on your own. And then you end up feeling like you want to hide that from people. You don't want people to see like, like, Oh, like everybody sees me as like this, you know, Jack, you know, I was like 23, 24 when I was really, really struggling with it. But even then it's like, I had like, I had this ego, you know, it was like, I can fucking handle it. Like I'm special, you know, like you can't fuck with me. Like, you know, I got this shit, but it's like, well, I'm just going to kind of, you know, quit completely. And it's like, oh man, like it's harder than, than you think it would be. So there's that. And like, even like, you know, eating, eating has been uh, something that I've struggled with almost my whole life since I became kind of more self-aware when I was like 16, like not, not a lot of uh, young guys, 16 year olds, males um, end up having like, bulimia but i had it really bad and to to the point where i was like am i ever gonna have control over this like i just felt like i could never have control over it but i decided like i need to because if i don't i'm gonna hurt myself to the point like beyond repair and so i was really fortunate that i was able to get into bodybuilding around that time and i i immediately thought that bodybuilding had like cured it it was like oh now i just follow my diet but then it's like, as soon, and this is a good lesson for anybody who has struggles with food, your most vulnerable, your most vulnerable period of time is going to be right after you compete. Yeah. When you're allowed to eat whatever you want, because you're going to go off the fucking rails, you know, and you're going to eat till you're so sick and then you're going to want to puke it up and then you're going to want to eat again because you're still hungry. And it's just going to be this vicious cycle where you're just like, for me, I was like at a point where I was just like, oh my God, this is like horrendous you know, and taught me a lot of good lessons though. But during that period of time, it was just like, is this ever going to end? And it was only in the last recent years because I was even like, I was with like with my ex-partner and stuff like that. Like she struggled with it. So we just, we enabled each other. And it was like, you just have to stay away from those people indefinitely. Yeah. Whether it's drug addiction, whether it's whatever, like you cannot associate yourself with those people because they're only going to just trigger you, you know? And so, yeah, man, like, so 
I think I think a lot of people think like you know we don't have injuries, we don't have things we struggle with, but dude, the struggles are what make you fucking who you are. Every day is a struggle, man. Yeah, it's a constant fight, right? Oh, that, that's a good way to end it, man. Um, yeah. yeah, today was, today was fun. Let's uh, let's do another one. We'll do another one next week. Um, yeah. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the channel because we need to get our subscribers up. Make sure you're sharing this podcast with everybody that you think it would benefit or, or just someone that you think um, would listen to it. And make sure you send in your questions for next week. All right, guys. See you later. All right, bro. Have a good one. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching Canadian Beef Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe to the channel. Check us out on Spotify. You can use our code at helixonline.com. The code is BEEF20, that's B-E-E-F-2-0 at checkout. You're going to save yourself 20% off, and you're going to help our podcast grow. Thank you so much, guys. See you in the next episode.